Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, Ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my, it's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others, here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girl. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. I am here with my co-host, Patricia Kirkman. PK, how you doing? Absolutely fabulously. Ah, good. And we are both here with another co-host. George. Gracing our radio show. Yes, George Lugo. Hey, George, how you doing? I'm great, thank you. Love that having you George are. with us. He is a very famous psychic medium. He has done amazing work around the world with everything from royalty to the homeless. He's just amazing, amazing stuff. And tonight we're going to be asking George about his thoughts on angels because we've got a great guest, do we not, PK? Not a doubt, not a doubt. She's fabulous. Yes. Jean Slatter is with us, and she has written a book called Hiring the Heavens. We're going to get all the information on how to get these angels to work with us. We, we need all the secrets on this one, and Jean's going to give that to us this evening. But first, PK, you've been working on something with the numbers, so what's happening? Well, I took a look at things. I was thinking with Thanksgiving coming up to take a look at the numbers for Thanksgiving. And the numbers revolving around Thanksgiving deal with family. And, of course, what's Thanksgiving all about but family and getting together. But I started to look after reading this lovely book that Jean has. I came up with some other things I started thinking about. Keywords throughout the book, like God, which is a number eight, which says, I am in charge. I can see. I can take care of. And then I'm looking at the word gift because of the gifts that could come from this. That's a six. Again, it becomes part of what we do for family and friends. It's always about what we do for them. Then all of a sudden I started looking at other aspects of it. And the spirit, which is a one number, meaning number one is it's everything. And I'm thinking God is in charge. The spirit is everything. And looking at the divine vessels, we have a nine for the divine and a one for the vessels, again, the nine and the one combination. And we look at the creators, which becomes an eight, which, again, is what we do for others and enhancing our lives. It's kind of like money in the bank, if you will. And our spiritual 9-11, which is referenced in the book, which Gene will talk about, I'm sure, is a five or a two, which, again, becomes a seven, which is all about spirituality. So... I think that it's going to be a fun night because spirit of creation is also a seven. So it's about learning, teaching, and being a part of all these neat things that Jean has in her lovely book. All right. So that's my well, that's, deal for tonight. I like it. 
I like it a lot. Now, for everybody in the audience, if you would like your own numerology reading with Patricia Kirkman, you can find her at patriciakirkman.com and also on supernaturalgirls.com. So be sure to speak with Miss PK because we are coming, God, very quickly to the end of this year. I can't believe it. So don't let this year go by without contacting PK. And I also want to say if you would like a reading with the best psychic medium, it's George Lugo, and you can find him at crystalgatereadings.com. That's crystalgatereadings.com. And we also have a very exciting workshop taking place in the Hilltowns, of all places. And it's in a pyramid. Yes, that's right. I said a pyramid, a gorgeous facility in the Hilltowns. We are bringing Itzhak Beery here. He's a shaman. He's been on the show a number of times. He's written a lot of books about shamanism. He's going to be teaching divine shamanic reading and also how to do candle reading. So we are very excited to have him here. If you are interested in joining us, it's just another couple of days to let me know. And, again, you have to send me an email at this point to pbaker at bigpictureagency.com. I'm on supernaturalgirls.com. You can just click on my email from there. Let me know you're interested. I'll give you the rest of the details on the workshop. It's very reasonable. $80 for the day, and it's going to be great. We are also going to be videotaping the workshop. So if you're interested and you can't attend in person, then you can possibly, if it comes out, it was our first first time doing this, it comes out well enough, you can actually buy the video and watch the training. So that's what we have going on. And tonight I just want to mention Paranormal News. George, PK, it's Bigfoot's at it again, okay? Mm-hmm. There there was another break-in to somebody's house in Ohio I this time. He's a crook. I can't believe he's breaking into people's houses like that. I know it. And now we had just reported on the New Hampshire break-ins, and mm-hmm. somebody had gone to some trouble here to prove that it definitely wasn't a bear because they offered proof that uh, this thing that broke into homes and cars had opposable thumbs and other things bears don't have. So anyways, this was a very interesting story because uh, what happened was they uh, there were some shots fired at around 4.26 in the morning, and the, uh, somebody called the police hearing the gunshots, and the officers showed up, and they questioned the man who was, firing the shots, and he said, yes, I'm the one who was firing the shots, and I was firing the shots because there was a seven-foot-tall Bigfoot who was trying to open my front door and get to my dogs. So they checked him for alcohol. He hadn't been drinking, and interestingly enough, This is in an area where Bigfoot has been sighted many times before. So Mm -hmm. this is not unusual in this area. But it is unusual for Bigfoot to come knocking on this guy's door. So anyhow, if you live in that area, then you need to have your camera ready and make sure that your doors are barricaded. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I don't know why Bigfoot's getting so bold, but Bigfoot is getting bold. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on that, guys? 
George, PK, what do you think? I tell you what, I couldn't run fast enough. He's too big for me. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. 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 Exciting if pleasure. I had that experience, I wouldn't I wouldn't know what to do. I would just go, uh, uh, okay. You know, didn't you have some guy on the show that was communicating with them or something? Well, back. yes, we, we've had a, a couple guys on the show. Uh, one was uh, Dr. J, who has written a book about it, and all his experiences were very positive. But then there's yeah. experiences like this, and I've heard of other stories as well, not so friendly. So, I, right. you know, who knows? Maybe there's different tribes yeah. of Bigfoot, and they all have different ways of being in the world, some friendly and some mean. Or how probably they interdimensional. Yeah, yeah, I think so. They because to, nobody, they can never, you know, like the tracks always stop at a certain point and there's nothing after that, um, things of that nature, you know. And so they're just like elusive and just cannot be found. You know, they can't be shot, can't be found. They, you know, no one, after all these years, no one has shot one. No one can really definitively prove it, you know. Right. It's just bizarre. It's scary, though. That's right. You know. Yeah. I'm also working like on trying to get this guy on the show who is a hunter, big game hunter. He's been talking about Bigfoot lately and saying that he's had some experiences and that we're looking for remains of Bigfoot bones or whatever in the wrong places. So I want to bring him on mm-hmm. and see what he has to say. Where should we yeah, be looking? So, yeah, that would be very interesting. And also our one of our friends who's been on before has a new book out about Bigfoot, so We'll have to get him back. But certainly everything's ramping up around Bigfoot these days. And mm-hmm. he seems to want to come into your kitchen and sit down and <laughs> have a meal. I don't know. Hopefully not Redwood. make a meal out of you. So. Oh, no. But he liked fruits and vegetables. I do recall that from the one gentleman that was uh, had done uh, this when he yeah. took his boys with him. That's right. He said they, they also like sweets, like sweet cakes, cinnamon buns, mm-hmm. like stuff like that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Someone so should we'll leave him a can of foot spray. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Getting him <laughs> back. <laughs> well, again, tonight we are going to change our focus to angels. And yeah. how can they help us? And do they want to help us? we got to find out. And we've got the perfect, perfect person to talk to about this, Jean Slatter, who is an accomplished author an inspirational speaker, and she's helping thousands of people receive clarity, direction, and purpose through her direct access, and hopefully ours too, to higher guidance. Her landmark book came out in 2005, Hiring the Heavens, which introduced a unique perspective on connecting with the power of the heavens to fulfill your daily life goals. Now, this is something we need to know about. Now, since its release in 2005, i got to tell you, this is a, a very good-selling book because Hiring the Heavens was constantly ranked in the top 3% of book sales on Amazon.com. So, everybody, wow. if you haven't read this book yet, you need to get your hands on it. But right now, we're lucky enough to have Jean with us. So, Jean, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Patricia. I, I got such a kick out of your discussion about Bigfoot, and I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, set out an apple pie for sure. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. They like that kind of thing. 
<laughs> so tell us, Jean, now, this is a very unusual topic in, in the way that you talk about it, in the way that you write about it in your book. How did you get involved with this? Uh, well, um, it had to fit with my experience and I have to go back to my childhood my the first 20 years of my life I was raised in a fundamentalist Christian church that was very uh strict in its belief and it I would call it now a cult and the reason I would call it a cult is because they had extreme mind control and um that's kind of my definition of that like once you're in and you're part of that group, it's like you'll do anything to stay there because you're chosen and you don't want to lose that status. And if our uh, leader had said, drink the Kool-Aid, like in Jonestown, we would have done it because it had that kind of strength of mind control. And and what's so interesting about that is, um, you know, after I left the church when I was 19, I, I thought back about what was that about, you know, why did I have to go through that? Now I understand how perfectly orchestrated my life has been to have that experience because I know firsthand what it's like to give up your mind to a dogma or just to even just to keep that status of being chosen. I consider it the the most powerful uh, drug on the planet is to tell someone they are chosen above everyone else. And you'll do anything to keep that status. So I, um, I did leave the church when I was 19. It was a big, huge scandal in the church. And when I did, my, the rug was pulled out from underneath my feet. I, I did something outrageous. I started to question I started to question and think on my own, and I started to research some of the dogma in the church and found out it was just ludicrous. And, and that just um, when that happened, there's a kind of humiliation that goes on. Even though I was raised in this church, I still felt this humiliation that, oh, my gosh, how could I have bought into this? How could I? How could this have happened? And and so when I did leave the church, I threw the baby out with the bathwater. I wanted nothing to do with religion. I wanted nothing to do with spirituality. I wanted absolutely nothing to do with the word God, angels, you name it. I mean, if you can't see it in front of your eyes, it doesn't exist. And so you're, but, if, but, if but that's how things were for... Go ahead. Let me ask you this question, Jean, because breaking away from a cult situation is really difficult. How did you do it? What was it that gave you the strength to say, I'm out of here? You know, uh, actually, I'd have to say it was my brother. Um, There was a big split in the church. It was... um, we were going to the church college and my brother's always been rather uh, a free thinker. And he came and he got me at two o'clock in the morning to drive three and a half hours to listen to a dissident minister that was speaking out about what he knew to be the truth of the leaders of the church. 
And so um, it really was my brother that, that uh, and, and his free thinking that made me question. And, you know, when you question for the first time, <laughs> when, you, when you take a look at, you dare to take a look at the beliefs that you've hold dear and have protected. Um, you know, I can remember as uh, growing up in much, you know, in my teenage years, I would occasionally run into somebody that would question some of my beliefs and holding on to that status of being chosen. You never have to explain anything. You know, you just say, well, you just don't know the truth, but I do, but you never have to explain anything. (laughs) Well, so here I am 19, 20 years old. And for the first time I'm asking myself to explain it. And when you have the courage and you dare to do that, there's an opening that happens and you begin to understand your own sense of authenticity and your own sense of sovereignty. And it's quite earth shattering. (laughs) It really was for me. So much so that I went into this space of wanting nothing to do with religion for 20 years after that. So it wasn't until in my 40s that things began to open and change for me. But prior to that, if you said the word God to me or you said the word angels to me, I go, okay, you're not somebody I can talk to. And I would, you know, <laughs> we wouldn't have much of a conversation. <laughs> yeah, because in your earlier life, you were, these this cult used those things to control everybody, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And so... When I look back now with this 2020 hindsight, I I consider myself a spiritual teacher now. And, I mean, lo and behold, who knew that would happen? Yeah. (laughs) Certainly not me. (laughs) But when I I look back at it with 2020 hindsight, of course, guidance had to show me what it's like to completely give up your willingness to question and then go through a period of time in denial of anything that isn't physical to where coming around to saying, wait a minute. And they showed me, and I'll tell you the story about how they showed me in a, in a, a way that I could not ignore that, yes, there is something beyond. And there's a way that you can access it that isn't based on dogma. And there's a way that you can get to your own truth. And it was all about discovering my own authenticity and my own sovereignty. And so that is, a, you know, the long story of, of where I started to where I am now as a spiritual teacher. And like I said, never saw that one coming. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Uh, does it in strange ways, doesn't he? <laughs> right. So... Uh, how I ended up happening upon hiring the heavens, uh, again, I will use the terminology that I used at the time because I was still in that place where I did not recognize uh, God as an as a mm, uh, essence. I didn't recognize angels. I didn't. I I just rarely ever wanted to even go in that direction. 
but I had just started to learn about some interesting things. And um, one of the shocking things that, well, actually, I'm going to hold off on that one first. I want to tell you, uh, at the time I was working as a traditional naturopath, and um, I had a way of communicating with my clients' bodies. A lot of practitioners use muscle testing. I used a pendulum. I didn't think that was weird at all because pendulum dowsing had been done for centuries and centuries. We found water. It seemed very logical to me. For some reason, that didn't bother me at all. And um, so I used a pendulum, and um, I was working with a client one day and asking their body what they wanted to do. Their body said they wanted to do a resistance clearing to five neurotransmitters. And neurotransmitters, for those who may not know, are uh, chemicals in the brain like serotonin and dopamine and norepinephrine. And my client's body wanted to clear five neurotransmitters. I was able to come up with four and could not think of what that fifth one might be. I tried a bunch of them and it said, no, it's not that, it's not that, it's not that. So I said to my client, we're going to need to reschedule because uh, your body keeps telling me I have to name all five and I can only come up with four. So I need some time to do some research. And then my client, who's a lay person, first words out of her mouth are, well, is histamine a neurotransmitter? And I said, I looked at her rather strangely, like what would make her say that? And I said, no, histamine isn't a neurotransmitter. It's uh, stuff your sinuses produce when you have an allergic reaction. That's why you take an antihistamine, but it's not a neurotransmitter. And then at the very next moment, for whatever reason, I turn around and I pull a book off my shelf that I had purchased one year prior but had never opened. Well, the book falls open to a page where histamine is in the title. So that made me take note. And I thought, well, that's interesting. It's talking about histamine. And I looked over at my client and she looked at me. And and then in the very next second, it's as if something took my eyeballs and pointed them to a line buried in the paragraph. It's the only thing I read on the page. And it said, quote, histamine is also thought to be a neurotransmitter. Oh, my goodness. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, that's like a miracle. I mean, that's a total miracle because you really didn't believe that. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. The hair stood up on the back of my neck, and I was honestly freaked out. I couldn't wait to finish the clearing I needed to do and get my client out the door (laughs) so I could sit there. And just kind of process what just happened. How in the world did that happen? That is so beyond coincidence. It's just like, how do I put words to this? How do I explain it? Well, just so happened, I had just started reading about psychic surgery. And uh, the, uh, the surgeon I was reading about was John of God. Are you familiar with him? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, 
Well, I thought it was kind of fascinating. I just started reading about it where there is a specialist, you know, like a surgeon from an, uh, the, the unseen dimension that's working through some a layperson. So that honestly was the only thing I could come up with. I thought to myself, is it possible that I have a spiritual physician, a physician in the unseen dimension that is actually working through me to assist me with my clients. And how amazing would that be? So I thought, I, I'm going to just see if this is true. So I began to call upon this spiritual physician when I would go to work every day. And I would tell the physician who we had coming in that day and what their issues were and ask for help. And some you didn't extraordinary... Have a specific- you didn't have a specific name or anything else in mind. You just no. called him your your helper, right? My spiritual physician. Okay. And I figured they know something I don't. <laughs> so apparently, yeah. so, they do. <laughs> so I asked for help, and it was clear some very extraordinary things would happen. Where I'd be working with a client, and all of a sudden, these words would be coming out of my mouth, like. Well, you need this and this herb. I go, okay. Well, what's it do? And you know, the client would ask, what's that for? And I go, I actually don't know. <laughs> but, but I think it's what you need. And then I'd look it up afterwards and go, wow, that's a perfect fit. And then our, I'd be working with a client and something would prompt me to say, so what's going on at, at home with your husband? It's like, and they'd look at me like, and tears would come. Like, oh my god! <laughs> so, you know, I was pretty astounded. I was truly getting help from this spiritual physician. Well, as time went on, Patricia, I thought I am going to just kind of, kind of just see if I can't capitalize a little bit more on this idea. You know, maybe since I'm doing a good thing helping people, and that's obvious, this is where how I justified it. And I definitely want to, don't let me forget to talk about this later, because I was so off on this. But in the beginning, okay. I thought I had to justify it. And the way I justified it is by saying, well, I'm doing a good thing helping clients, so that's why I'm getting help. So I thought, well... I need help for other aspects of my business. Like, for an example, I need a spiritual marketer to help me bring in clients. I need a spiritual secretary to manage my phone calls. I need a spiritual receptionist and a spiritual time manager and a spiritual financial consultant. So I imagined hiring all of those specialists in this unseen dimension and asked them to go to work for me. So what would happen is I would, as I would drive to work, I would have a staff meeting in my car. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, I'd be driving down the road, and I'd be having a staff meeting and telling everybody what's going on just as if they were real. And I'd say, okay, um, you know, I've got some openings coming up here next week. Uh, and spiritual marketer, get on that and fill those spots. Um, I've got too many, uh, too much, too many phone calls to return. I want you to screen the calls. Um, make sure that nobody is calling to ask 
you know, what is it that you do? Because those are the ones that take up the most time. So I just said screen the calls, make sure that the only people that are calling to make appointments are calling in. And, you know, my spiritual financial consultant, this is what is coming up for bills. And this is what I need to bring in this month. Can you take care of that? And lo and behold, I am telling you, I'll cut to the chase. Everything works so well that for the next 10 years, I was able to work part-time while my husband stayed home with our four children. And I never hired anyone on the physical level because it was all taken care of for me on the spiritual level. My God. That is fabulous. That's amazing. (laughs) And so when you called upon all these spiritual helpers for lots of different reasons, did you have a sense that you were pulling in specific angelic beings, or is it didn't matter? It's just you're just putting out the call, and whoever shows up to do the work is good enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what it felt like to me is I was calling in a specialist, mm-hmm. and I've come to find out they're really the best in the universe. <laughs> Okay, and so you didn't have to focus on learning anything about the angelic realm. You just put it out there, this is what I want, and then something shows up. And remember, I was in the space. I did not call them angels. That was was not in my vocabulary. What did you call them at the time? I called them my spiritual physician, my spiritual marketer, my spiritual. (laughs) They were specialists. Just specialists. Amazing. Did you ever get a visual of what they might look like or any of that? No, I'm not clairvoyant. But I have a wonderful clairvoyant story to tell you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do tell. So George, I you know that know. you're that you yeah, I, I know that you see angels, but oh my gosh. I, I so I have so 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 many stories to tell you, but um what I found out later, and I want to really go into that, is that you can hire way for everything in your life. There is a specialist. There is a match for every talent, ability, skill, and personality trait that you can possibly imagine. There is a match in the spiritual world. My belief is that it has to exist there first before it can exist in the physical plane. And so it's all there for you to hire. You just simply call upon that expert to come to work for you. And three amazing things will happen. But let me tell you this story first. <laughs> from, I, I had a, um, a lady call me up and she says, I have to tell you what happened to me. She says, I'm clairvoyant. I have worked with the angels since I've been very young. I have always worked with Archangel Michael, Archangel Gabriel, and she went on to name angels that I wasn't even familiar with. She's, but, but like most people, the feeling is, is that you have to have a big ticket worthy item to call upon the big, the big guns, you know, (laughs) you know, like Archangel Michael, it's got to be something, you know, a big ticket item to call in the angels to help you like somebody's sick or you need help with um, 
um, you know, a car accident that you just passed and you want to pray for those that are involved. And, you know, you call it that you feel like it has to be something worthy. But you're sure not going to bother the big, the big guy to help you find the perfect hair color. I mean, you just don't do that. <laughs> right. But, but this is what I'm telling you is that, yes, you can. And we had it all wrong. We had this idea that, that the, this angelic realm was somehow separate from us and only wanted to be bothered if we had something worthy. And they would be choosing among our prayers to see, okay, is this one a good enough one? Is this one worthy of answering? What if we had that all wrong? What if, we, what if the entire angelic realm delights in being involved in our everyday life with everything that we're doing and is so tickled pink just to put a smile on our face when we find that perfect gift. You hire a spiritual gift angel to go shopping with you to find the perfect gift. Or you hire, um, <laughs> you know, a spiritual connoisseur to help you find the best restaurant. And, and you're just so delighted with the meal. And they're just going, yes, we get it. <laughs> you know, what if the entire angelic realm is, is just, that's what they delight in doing. So Such this a clairvoyant called it. Yeah, this is a, kind of a reversal of what we've been taught, which I like. you know. And, and I also love that you got such great results over such a long period of time. Ten years is a long time to continue to get results with this method. This is terrific. Oh, is this, it's some, much, is this some form of payment that you have to pay all these back to? Or how yeah. is, I mean, Yes, there is, George. Hang on yeah. to that thought. Hang on okay. to that thought. There is a payment. <laughs> okay. And you can afford it. Trust me, you can afford it. <laughs> but I want to finish the story about the clairvoyant. Sure, sure. So she yeah. called me up and she said, Jean, I've been working with the archangels ever since I was a little child. I see them. Uh, but like most people, I'd only been calling upon them for big, big ticket issues, you know. After reading your book, I decided to put together committees like, like I totally suggest you do committees for the big projects in your life, bring a whole group in. So she said, I put committees together for everything that was going on in my life. I had a spiritual romance committee for my husband and I, I had a spiritual family committee to help keep unity with my family. I had a spiritual attitude adjuster to help my kids stay in good moods. I had a team, a spiritual committee team for my health. I had a spiritual committee team for my fitness and weight. I had a spiritual work committee for my, my business. I had a spiritual um, uh, friend committee just to help me with my community. And she went on and on and on of all the committees that she had hired to help her in her life. Exhausted, she fell asleep. The next morning when she woke up, and because she's clairvoyant, <laughs> when she opened her eyes, she said, Jane, I could not believe how much commotion was going on. I mean, they were everywhere. And there was so much milling about. And there were some that were coming up to me. And they said, we heard you were hiring. Have you <laughs> got a job for us? <laughs> and they were showing her a 
resume of what they were good at. That is wow. so funny. I love it. Do you, do you, <laughs> I love you it. Just, this is so great. It's so easy. So she got all these people vying for these positions. <laughs> I mean, I can call people that, whatever they are, celestial beings or spiritual yeah. helpers, whatever you want to call them. But it's so hilarious you need a that they were all. Yeah, yeah, they're applying for this position. Do you give them names? <laughs> I don't. I don't, but a lot of people do. I mean, uh-huh. so here's the wonderful thing. There's no, there's n- no absolute right way. Thou must do it this way. And there's no way you can get this wrong. So you do it how it works for you. Uh, so <laughs> let me tell you, I'm going to get back to your question, George. I will, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. There are three things that happen when you hire from the heavens. So first of all, it is just so simple. You simply imagine that the spiritual world is every bit as complex as our own physical plane and that every talent, skill, ability, and personality trait that you can possibly think of is yours for the hiring. And imagine that you've been given a celestial credit card called an Angel Express card. (laughs) And this Mm -hmm. celestial credit card you can use to hire away. There is no credit limit and no expiration date. So whatever it is that you're doing on the physical plane, hire first from the heavens. And when you do that, three extraordinary things can happen. One, you can be inspired with the very information that you need. It's almost like they work through you, as did my spiritual physician just inspired me with what I needed to know. The next thing that can happen is that you, the heavens will bring to your doorstep, literally, almost bring right to your doorstep the embodiment of the spiritual hire that you asked for. So, so, This happened for me when I was given the message. I was so excited about everything that was happening for me. I started talking to all my friends about it. And then my guidance said to me, all right, it's time for you to write this down in a book. And I'm like, what? I don't know how to write a book. (laughs) What do I do? Um, Okay, so first thing I did is put together a spiritual book writing committee. And I said, listen, you got to help me out, figure out what to do, what's the first step, how do I develop these ideas, you know, help me out. I come home to my messages on my phone, and there's a message there from a perfect stranger. She said, hi, my name is so-and-so, and I'm a developmental editor, and I was just wondering if you had any book projects you're working on. Wow. Yeah, that no was obvious. Good. <laughs> Obviously, that was she was heaven sent. <laughs> Instantaneous, sure. too. This is like the next day. Oh yeah, no, that day. That, that day. day. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> wow. Instant so, manifestation. Mm-hmm. Instant manifestation. So she was amazing. Oh my gosh! You know, I, I, this, the hiring the heavens, the book would never have been written if it hadn't been with, with it. With, if it had been without her. So obviously she was heaven sent, meant to be. 
she was fantastic. We got it to the point where the manuscript was well written, but now her job was done. And she said, now you got to find somebody that's going to go through this with fine tooth comb and make sure all the I's are dotted and all the T's are crossed. And I said, okay. So I talked to my spiritual book writing committee and I said, okay, help me out here. What's next? The very next day, I have a brand new client in my office. And when she filled out the form, I noticed she had very tiny handwriting, which to me means she's very detail-oriented. So I said, what is it that you do? And she says, well, I'm a copy editor. And I said, what's a copy editor? She says, well, we go through manuscripts and we make sure all the I's are dotted and all the T's are crossed. <laughs> and then did you laugh out loud when she said that? I did. I I did. I laughed out loud. I said, well, you're supposed to go to work for me. <laughs> so, okay, it gets better. Go go ahead, George. No, I'm just saying this is absolutely amazing. The timing is. and everything. Yeah, I can't wait yeah, to get you going on fabulous. this one. Absolutely yeah. fabulous. Okay, okay, it gets even better. Okay, so... The book, I, I uh, finished the book, I self-published it, and because that's what my book writing committee said to do, and then one day, they kind of tapped me on the shoulder, and they said, okay, it's time for you now to get this with a major publisher. I said, okay, which publisher? So they said, well, you need to go with New World Library, which um, is the publishers of The Power of Now. So I looked them up on the internet and I go oh yeah yeah this is they're good I like them I like the feeling of them so I sent him my book with a little letter that said you guys are the ones basically well I didn't know that you're not supposed to do that (laughs) what you're supposed supposed to do is you're supposed to go to very expensive seminars to learn how to put your press kit together how you're supposed to get your manuscript together and your your book proposal and then you're going to submit to a list of probably 30 different publishers don't worry you'll get turned down by all of them you submit to the next 30 keep going keep going don't don't lose heart and just you know hope somewhere along the line as you keep submitting your book proposal and press kit that somebody will pick up your book well, <laughs> you can't very well write a book about hiring the heavens and do it that way, can you? <laughs> right. That doesn't work. No. So I simply submitted my book to New World Libraries, and it was published. But wow. Amazing. Now, I know there's more to I, the story, Jean, but I'm going to ask you to just hold on to your next thoughts because we need to take a very short commercial break. And then we're going to come back and hear more of what happened with this amazing hiring system you have. And I know you're just uh, you're going to also launch into teaching us how to go ahead and do the very same thing. So everybody stay tuned. You are listening to Supernatural Girls Radio. We will be right back. Pure essential oil, specialized mineral and a revolutionary anti-aging technology. Astridian combines the best of all scientifically proven ingredients in easy-to-use creams, lotions, and concentrated serums. Astridian's advanced line of products take your skin to a new level of being healthy and beautiful. We offer a variety of collections that address all your skin concerns. The Essential Anti-Aging Series 
treats and moisturizes your skin for a long-lasting, younger look. The multivitamin series promotes healthy skin with high-quality vitamins and minerals. The sports series restores skin from cellular damage and stress. Astridian also offers a revitalizing solution for hair and a professional series for doctors and medical spas. Visit astridian.love today and begin your new journey to healthy, beautiful, youthful skin. Astridian, beyond your expectations. Are you frustrated with endless mantras, affirmations, and processes that promise to align your life with your dreams only to find yourself years later in the same space where you began? Do you feel like you must be doing something wrong because nothing seems to be working? Don't you just wish that someone could shift your consciousness for you and your life could align with your desires without all the effort? Well, your wish is about to come true. Hi, I'm Carrie Cannon, and I have a gift that allows me to align the consciousness of others to be in harmony with their dreams. The best part is, it requires no particular effort on your part. Upon listening to a consciousness alignment, People have reported instant energy shifts, financial windfalls, soulmate connections, healed relationships, physical healings, and more. To gain access to a free trial offer for my entire Manifesting Miracles Library of Consciousness Alignments, go to commandmiracles.com now for details. Again, that's commandmiracles.com for information about our free trial offer. That's commandmiracles.com. Are you ready for a new experience of freedom and powerful connection? Would you like a positive, effortless change in your life? Then come to CosmicFusion.com, where we offer the most advanced energy clearing and expansion techniques in the world with a quantum vortex energy to activate your divine blueprint and life's purpose. When your soul leads the way with cosmic fusion and quantum vortex energy, you can break clear of past difficulties and blocks with the power of the source. With Cosmic Fusion, the source energy does the work for you. It's easy and effortless. Listen to our free meditation right from our Cosmic Fusion website, the Cosmic Code Meditation. Sign up for one of our interactive webinars today. Come to Cosmic Fusion, www.kosmicfusion.com to experience an effortless awakening and transformation. Are you ready for an upgrade? Are you ready for a new experience of living in the fifth dimensional magic and powerful connection? Then visit CosmicFusion.com today. CosmicFusion.com Your property tax bill. Have you seen it lately? It's frightening. Your property taxes are going up while your home value is going down. It's time to fight back and win. For the real truth about the property tax system, get attorney Pat Quintilian's book, Are You Getting Screwed on Your Property Taxes? How to Find Out and How to Fix It. Attorney Quintilian answers all your questions and gives you the facts you need to fight a property tax bill that is spiraling out of control. You'll also read about what happens to property owners who don't check their property records, only to find out too late they're taxed on square footage, fixtures, and even buildings that they don't own. Is this happening to you? Learn your rights. 
Buy attorney Pat Quintilian's book today. Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Available on Amazon.com. There are a lot of psychics out there. How do you decide which one is right for you? You look for someone who empowers you, who's practical and spiritually connected, who says, here are your opportunities, here are your challenges, and here's a way to deal with them, and then gives you your own toolbox to make your life everything you want it to be. Hi, I'm Corby Mitleide, and that's how I work with you. As a certified professional tarot reader, I've helped thousands of people for over 40 years through my toolbox. Cards, past life retrieval, numerology, spirit guide conferences, and mediumship. Whether it's career, relationships, finances, or your spiritual road, together we can replace your confusion with clarity. And you'll probably find a little laughter along the way. Visit me at CorbyMitlide.com to find out how to cross your bridge from fear to fearlessness and fly. And tell me you found me at Supernatural Girls for a special gift with your reading. Corby Mitlide, the practical psychic for catching your tomorrows today. Find me at CorbyMitlide.com. That's CorbyMitlide.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. I am here with my co-host, Patricia Kirkman, PK, and George Lugo. And our wonderful guest that we are so enjoying tonight, Jean Slatter, who is the author of a great book called Hiring the Heavens. We are learning all the secrets tonight. So if you missed the first part of the show, you're going to have to go back and listen. But here we are in the middle of a story here. And, Jean, we want to hear the rest of what happened. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Okay, so... Sometime in there, I read Shirley MacLaine's book, Out on a Limb. Have you read that? Oh, yeah. That's an oldie but goldie, yes. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And when I read it, back then, uh, we're talking a good 20-some years ago, I felt that that she was, you know, the things I was, was reading was almost blasphemy, you know, but I was open. I was open and I wanted to hear it. And, and it was the only thing that resonated with me. And I just found it fascinating, even though it scared me a little, I still found it fascinating. Well, now forward to where I have got my book in the, um, it's been self self published and new world library is getting ready to publish it. There's quite a lag time when a, a publishing company, company is getting ready to put the book out. It can be anywhere from, you know, five to seven months or even longer. So in between that time, there was a um, gentleman that bought my self-published book. And he said, you know, I love your book, but you really need to get it with a major publisher. And I said, well, it has been picked up by New World Library. He said, perfect. That is the very publishing house I was going to suggest because I'm only 10 minutes away from their office. So if you're ever in the area, I would love it if you'd get in contact with me because I have some uh, interesting projects I think that you would be, uh, that you would like to hear about. Well, I filed that away in my brain, didn't think much more about it. And several months goes by, 
uh, just so happened that Mark Allen, who's the owner of New World Library, he sent out a uh, invitation for a seminar that was being put on, and uh, it was at a hotel. And uh, I answered the call and decided to go. And while I'm driving to the seminar, I remember about this guy, and I thought, oh, I should have contacted him. And immediately my guidance says back to me, no, you'll meet him when you need to. Okay. So I go to the seminar. It's packed, standing room only. I'm going to say there's about 750 people there. There was no place to sit. I was up at the front third and down, way down in the middle of a row. And there was one seat open next to me. This gentleman starts making his way through, and he asks me if that seat is open. I look up, and I see his name tag, and then he sees mine. And then there's that moment of instant recognition. Oh, my goodness. It's this same gentleman, right? So I knew there was a big reason why guidance brought us together. And on the mm-hmm. second day of the, of the seminar, I find out why. He said to me, he says, Jean, when you get your books from New World Library, would you give me a couple? I have two very good friends I'd like to give them to, Shirley McLean and Kevin Ryerson. <laughs> my oh, goodness. my goodness. Wow. <laughs> uh, incredible. <laughs> Boy. You're Isn't it wild? Wild. All the way really to the working hard for you, yep. girl. <laughs> That's what we call us supposed to be. My goodness. Yeah. So now I said there's three things that can happen. First thing is the information can be inspired through you. Second thing that can happen is the heavens will bring to your doorstep the embodiment of the specialist that you have asked for. And the third thing that can happen is a flat-out miracle. And I'm not kidding when I say that. I mean, it's just jaw-dropping. Are you kidding me? There's no way to explain this. This is nuts. And it's so easy. There's such an an ease about this that I really like because oftentimes, and we talked about this a little bit before we all got on the air, there's all of this work that goes into manifestation. You know, first you got to visualize it, then you got to feel it, then you got to imagine it again, and then you got to make sure you've cleared up out of the way all of your resistance, all of your old patterning. I mean, it's like becomes this whole big job just to get it done. What you're talking boy, about oh boy. is a whole different thing. So tell us more about the contrast between these two methods. Yeah, yeah, you you just hit the the nail on the head right there with what you said. Well, I was curious about what was going on, and I would love to tell you some of the miracle stories too. That'll just have your jaw yes, hitting the floor. Please. But, um, but I want to address what you just said because I think it's so important. Um, when I wrote the book, it was my developmental editor that introduced me to the law of attraction and Esther Hicks. I had not heard, I, you know, I, I wasn't into studying all this stuff. <laughs> that was not my thing. 
So, so I, I, I hadn't even heard of it. And, and so um, I thought, and I even wrote in the book that maybe, maybe that's how it's working. I, I, I mean, I'm just guessing. I don't know. Well, I think you're right after, because, yeah, I mean, the work of no. Abraham is all about that. It's all about just no. relax and let yourself receive. And, yes, yeah, so go ahead. It's very similar. Uh, to what my guidance said no. Um, so I, I, what, and this is going to, I think this will make some sense here. When, after the book was written, then I, I honestly, um, I started, I pulled together a spiritual mystic committee and I said, okay, um, apparently there's something going on here and there's something I need to know. And since I had this experience growing up where I just like uh, got hoodwinked into uh, a dogma and then wanted nothing to do with it, how do I get answers to the big mystic questions like who am I? How did I get here? What's life all about? Does it have any meaning? Does it matter? I wanted to know all those big questions. And what my committee did is for the next three years, I journaled asking questions of them and they gave me answers. And during that time, they asked me not to read any books about the subject because they wanted to give it to me direct. And that's when I asked the question, well, is hiring the heavens working by the law of attraction? And they said, no. Uh, I says, okay, so how does it work? And they said the most crazy thing to me. They said, look for the Trinity. I'm going, what? <laughs> I'm not going to go back to religion here. Why are we talking about Trinity? And they said, look for the Trinities. You see them everywhere. And, and, and what they began to explain to me is that how we manifest in every single nanosecond happens through never less than three laws. It happens through a ton more, but never less than three. Never less than three. Law of attraction is one of the three. Okay. The other, the other two are the law of consequence and the law of grace. Hiring the heavens works by the law of grace. So oh. the easiest way that you can think about this and this is uh, coming straight from my guidance is lights, camera, action. Really easy way to think about it. Lights, camera, action. Lights is the law of grace. Camera is the law of attraction. Action is the law of consequence. So think about it this way. Um, the law of consequence is something we are so familiar with. Um, we learn it from the time that we are a small child just trying to learn how to walk. You know, we, we learn how to get our feet in front of us and we bump into something and we fall down. Law of consequence. <laughs> right. You know, and, and, and we learn this. We're most familiar with this. And it's going on simultaneously with the law of attraction and the law of grace. All, you know, in every single nanosecond, you are also under the law of consequence. And here, things happen. Things happen like if you step off of a curve and twist your ankle, um, 
you might end up in a cast for a while. <laughs> it's law of consequence. It happens. Then there's the law of attraction. That's lights camera. That's the camera. What's your viewpoint? Where's your camera po- pointed? What's your focus? What's the meaning you're giving to something? You know, um, this is that, and that's where we understand that if we are focused on the good things in life, we get the good things back. That's our camera view. So that's always it. That's always going on. Then there's the lights, and this is the law of grace. Now, everything that you thought you knew about the law of attraction and the law of consequences, just throw all of that out because the law of grace is a gift. And there's nothing you can do to earn it, and there's nothing you can do to have it taken away. It's simply yours because you exist. Oh, I love that. Yeah, just you know, yeah, it's like the air you breathe. You're alive, so you get to breathe. You're alive, so you get to breathe. There's nothing you have to do to justify taking that next breath of air, right? You exist, so you breathe. You exist, so you have the law of grace. And this is how hiring the heavens works. Now, <laughs> What's so interesting, and if you brought it up, Patricia, you were talking about how there's so many books out there about you have to do it just right. It's a yes. formula, right? Right. You know, and, it's, um, and if you're not doing it right, you won't get it. And then you it's won't like get your fault. It. You know, it's your fault because you screwed yes. it up. <laughs> yes. And the law of attraction is beautiful and wonderful, and it exists, but. It has made us hypervigilant. It has mm. made us like, oh, my God, i got to watch what I say. Oh, I, I said the word want. I can't say the word want. I'm not showing much gratitude right now. I need to change my attitude. You know, we're, we become hypervigilant because we're, you're right, it all comes back on us. As if we're the only thing that's in charge. We're not. We're not. Okay. <laughs> So think about this. This is just going to kind of like, just think about the logic of this here. If the law of attraction were the only thing that exists and that the energy you put out is what you get back, period, there would be no point in praying for an intervening force. Do you, do you understand the logic here? There'd be no point. And yet we all know and have probably experienced times when we are at our lowest. You hear, you, you, often you hear about hitting rock bottom. You're certainly not in gratitude. You're certainly not putting out good energy. And yet something shifts and something happens and there's an intervention and angels, we hear stories and stories of angels intervening on our behalf, and they do. If the law of attraction were the only game in town, that could not happen. Now that makes sense to me, because there are so many stories mm-hmm. out there about people that have the dark night of the soul going on, 
And mm-hmm. it's basically when they just say, okay, screw it, I can't do anything else, I'm done. I have no more to offer. And so obviously they have left the state of resistance. They're not in a state of resistance mm-hmm. anymore. But something else does take over in some of these cases. So it's interesting oh my what you're talking about. And it makes it, I guess, it, it's just what I like about what you're saying, Jean, is it's a lot easier than anybody thought. Right. Definitely. Oh my gosh, yes. And and it's not negating the law of attraction. Like I said, it, you're never under less than three. You're manifesting by a whole lot of different ways, but never less than three in every nanosecond. So it's going on simultaneously. So do you have to pay attention to your attitude? Do you have to pay it? Yeah, yeah. Do all of that and pay attention to where you're walking and pay attention to, you know, the law of consequences and be aware of you also have grace and it's a gift to you and you can't get that wrong because it's your gift. Yeah, that's it, it, you're saying it's inherent. It's something that we all have and nobody can take it away. And a lot of people don't know how to ask for this. So you've basically they opened the don't. door on this. Yeah. You, you just nailed it again because Here's the thing is we have been taught we do have to earn it. And mm-hmm. we work tirelessly to earn it. And when I said, remember when I was telling you in the beginning, I thought I had to justify it. And the way I justified it is, well, I'm doing a good thing helping people in my office. That must be why I'm getting help. But then I thought, okay, I'm going to See what I can do here with this, and I'm going to do something totally outrageous, and I'm going to ask for something that is just purely selfish, just for me. And the first (laughs) hire I did was I hired a spiritual wardrobe consultant (laughs) to go shopping with me. (laughs) Yeah, because I just felt like, oh, gosh, I hate shopping for clothes. I can never find what I want. It's always, too, you know, the right, not the right color, too expensive, doesn't fit right. The list goes on and on and on, and I walk away not having anything in my bag. So I hired a spiritual wardrobe consultant to go with me to find outfits because I definitely needed updating. And I could not believe the finds that I had. Unbelievable. Um, I walked away with... I think it was 18 outfits for just over $200. And that's when I know I found out they know a bargain. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> you I know, think we all need here, this, this wardrobe consultant. We do. <laughs> we do. I'll, I'll tell you a, a story about my daughter. When she was, she was, <laughs> oh gosh, you'll love this. Um, <sighs> She, we had done a, a addition on our home, and in her bedroom we put a sink. I mean, isn't that just every little girl's fantasy is to have their own sink, right? Wow, I guess. <laughs> and makeup center and everything. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, I said to her one day, I said, you know what? We need to go shopping and get some bathroom accessories. So we did, and we went to the store Mervyn's. It was around at the time. And we, the only thing we could find were these um, kind of cream-colored bathroom accessories with seashells on it. 
we had painted her room in the motif of an aquarium. So we had had big seahorses on the wall and fish and whatnot. So we wanted something with a, uh, um, undersea theme to it. So we're at the counter getting ready to purchase this. And I said to her, I turned to her and I said, you know what, honey, this looks like something you'd find in an older person's bathroom. Um, we forgot to hire the heavens. Let's, let's go do that and, and go somewhere else. So we put it back, went out to the car. We, I said, okay, hire the heavens. So she hired a spiritual bathroom accessory specialist. And she said, <laughs> she said, can you find me something that's really brightly colored and really fun with popping out fish and all of that? <laughs> and, I, and, um, and then she looked at me and she goes, okay. I said, where are we going? She said, Bed Bath & Beyond. Off we went to Bed Bath & Beyond. She's ahead of me. She's so excited. She knows her spiritual bathroom spiritual bathroom accessory specialist is with her. She goes around the corner and she screams. I come around the corner and I scream too because there is exactly what she had asked for. Brightly colored turquoise with popping out fish and even springs on the fins and all that. And it was on clearance. Oh, <laughs> so, of course. Wow. A bargain. Again. A bargain. So so we are walking out to the cart, skipping, and you, George, you asked about payment. This is part of the payment, the joy that we feel. Now, can you imagine the joy in my daughter's voice and in her laughter, and she was skipping back to the car. She's so happy she has found this. It's so perfect. Well, I asked her when we got in the car, I said, honey, you, I asked you to hire from the heavens and you just did it. But in the past, when I've asked you to hire the heavens, you've always said, you do it for me, mommy. But this time you did it right away. So why is it that you were so willing to do it this time and not before? And she said the most profound thing. She said, well, mom, I was afraid that if I asked for something and I didn't get what I wanted, it would mean they didn't like me. Oh, sweet. But, But this is part of the reason why we don't ask. Because deep down we feel like if I get rejected, if they don't assist me, it means I'm not worthy. It means I'm not good enough. It means they're not listening to me. They're listening to everybody else, but they're not listening to me. I mean, honestly, don't we all have that fear? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And, and so what do we do? We don't ask. Or we only ask for someone else. We just do something selfless. You know, help so-and-so. So, but we don't ask for ourselves. Right. And, Jean, go back to George's question again because he said, is there some kind of payment? And you did kind of touch on that. You did say right. that the payment is that we get to feel joy, and that makes them mm-hmm. happy. It <laughs> does, but there's more to it. There's more to it, and I'm glad you brought it back up. You'll see in my book I have a series of diagrams. And I wanted to understand just exactly what is this new paradigm that I'm working with. 
And I, I drew it in a diagram. I drew the old one. And I took out my pendulum and I says, okay, this is what I pictured things were like in the old paradigm where, where God is somewhere up on a cloud and then I'm down here and I'm offering up prayers and just hoping that this entity answers, right? And that was the old paradigm. I said, that's certainly not what I'm experiencing. So what could really be going on here? So I drew the next picture on a three by five card and I put God up at the top and I put myself way down below. And in the middle, I put the angels and the guides. And I says, okay, maybe they're acting as intercessors between me and God. Maybe they're, they're grabbing the prayers and acting, you know, kind of interceding on, on his behalf. And I says, is this what's happening? And my pendulum said, you're not even close. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> so then I put myself up in the circle with the angels and the guides. And I, and I said, okay, maybe, maybe there's more authority going on here. Maybe I'm actually intermingling with angels and guides. And God's still way up there on the top. But maybe I'm mingling in here. Is that the way it's working? Again, my pendulum says, no, 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 no. So then I said, okay, okay, okay. What, what could I do here? So I dared to put myself up a little bit higher. I put myself up above the circle of the angels and guides. I says, well, what if I've actually got some kind of authority going on here? Maybe that's what's happening. And I took my pendulum out and said, is this it? No. You still don't have it. Okay, I'm looking at my diagram and thinking, what can I do? What is the answer here? The only thing I could think to do was I crossed off God up at top, and I put him down in the circle with the angels and the guides. And I, you know, I just couldn't even believe that would be even possible. But I asked, is this it? And my guidance said, okay, now you've got it. So I literally stood up. The creating is, again, draw the picture for us. So where are, oh, okay. where are we in relation to all these other celestial oh, and Okay, so, uh, yes, yes. So when I got that picture, I stood up and pushed myself away from the table and I looked down at the diagram. I said, you can't ask me to say that because in my world, that was blasphemy. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, well, because <laughs> that would put me, that put me, the self, above, and I put a circle around the self. I put the self above God, the angels, and the whole entire celestial realm. You can't say that. Well. Later, when I was working with my developmental editor, I was kind of standing over her shoulder, and she was trying to draw these pictures in Microsoft Word. And she got to a point where she was super, super frustrated and just like, what? And I said, what's wrong? What's wrong? And she said it was at that point where she was trying to take the circle with God and put it down in the circle with the angels. She says, I just can't get God to go down here. <laughs> wow. 
And then instantly, instantly the perfect picture showed up. We don't know how it happened. She could not reproduce it. She certainly didn't make it happen. It just showed up. And we both looked at it and just were speechless because it was the perfect picture. And you'll see it in the book. You've got the book. It's a picture with God, and the O in God is self. Uh-huh. Okay. And, and so what the epiphany was is that God is experiencing through you. Everything that you do, every meal you sit down to eat, God experiences that meal. Every morning when you wake up and you appreciate the sunrise, God is appreciating that sunrise. Every day when you go to work and you're driving down the freeway, God is driving down the freeway with you. God is experiencing through you. So now does it make sense that the entire celestial realm is excited to be with you for everything that you're doing. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I like the idea a lot and clearly you've been able to recreate a positive experiences and support to manifest what you want. So yes, I mean, it does make sense. And, and some of this, we've heard before but in other context so what i like about your work and hiring the heavens is knowing that we can reach out for this as you said without having to do anything just say okay this is what i need i need my committee of spiritual physicians to come here and lead the way with healing or Yes, publishing a book or whatever, that there's nothing we can't ask for. We can ask for anything we want. Now, anything at all. Here's a question for you, Jean, though, because I just got this in a text. Does that mean that you've been living a life that's free of any kind of illness, pain, suffering, or do you also still have some challenges? Oh, my gosh. Great question. Great question. And I'm going to answer that, and I just want to finish George's question about payment. That, mm-hmm. So the payment comes in not only in your own joy, but payment through presence. Okay. Because if you're carrying God with you and you are, God is experiencing everything that you are experiencing, your payment comes in being present. Because if you're not present and aware, then God can't be present and aware. So that's mm. your payment. And yes, you can afford it. <laughs> now that makes sense. Okay. Okay. So now this question this person answered or asked. So such a good question. Such a good question. Yes. Yes, I still have a normal life, and I still have stuff that frustrates me, and I still have challenges, and there are still things I ask for that I don't get. It doesn't mean this isn't working. Remember, we're under no less than three laws all the time in every moment. You don't get out of that. If you're human, you're under the law of Uh, of consequences you're under the law of attraction and you're under the law of grace 
and you've got to manage all of them and work with all of them. <laughs> this the law of grace is the one, though, that we haven't been told much about. Absolutely no, true. It, it's the easiest one of all, and you can reach out for it at any time. And I think you're right. A lot of us have been taught that you're not good enough to be to have grace. You know, to have grace, you've had to do something amazing, sacrifice yourself over and over again in past lives or some damn thing. I mean, it's just it's a payment of a different kind to get to that mm-hmm. level of grace. And what, what I like about what you're saying is, no, it isn't. It's inherent. We can have it. We can ask for it. It can happen. It can. And so let me tell you, uh, let me go on to explain some pretty amazing stories that will just wow you. Um, <laughs> a good friend of mine wrote to me. She said that she had been living in a fairly, you know, mid-sized town about, I guess it was about 60,000 people. And she was working at a mattress store. She had read my book and loved it and decided one day, you know what? I want to sell $20,000 worth of mattresses today, which was a lofty goal. (laughs) So she wrote it on a little post-it note and hired her spiritual mattress top salesman specialist to work with her. And that day, people were coming in that said, you know, we were just driving by. We we just were drawn to come in. <laughs> At the end of the day, she had sold $22,000 worth of mattresses. Oh, for wow. heaven's sake. Well, wow. well, this continued because she kept working with her spiritual mattress top salesman consultant. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so she was always the top salesman. In fact, for for that size of a town, she was, you know, the top. The, it caught the attention of the bigwigs, the big CEOs. So they flew in to talk to her and ask her how it was that she was able to consistently make top sales. What was she doing? <laughs> and she said, do you really want to know? And they said, yes, of course, we really want to know. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. she told them about Hiring Heavens, she got her little post-it note and showed him the post-it note. She said, there were no more questions. <laughs> that. that set everybody up. Oh, my. <laughs> okay, let me tell you another story. This is a miracle story. Okay. Um, it's in the book, but the end, I want to tell it to you because the real ending isn't in the book. And at the time, I just wasn't brave enough to put it in there because I thought people are going to think I'm crazy, that I'm just making this stuff up. Oh, boy. (laughs) But I will. Yeah. Okay. So one of my friends, um, she said her son, who was about 10 at the time, um, at school, they were told they needed to do a book report on on a famous sports hero. And there were several young boys that wanted to do it on Joe Montana. So when, and he did too, and when he got to the school library, all the books on Joe Montana had been checked out. So he came home a little frustrated, said to his mom, I want to do this report, but there's no books on Joe Montana. She said, well, we'll go to the city library, no problem. 
Off they went to the library. He was inside for about an hour looking for a book on Joe Montana while she stayed outside playing with the younger daughter. He came back out almost frustrated to tears. He said, Mom, all the books on Joe Montana have been checked out. Well, then she happened to remember about hiring Heavens. So she said to her son, why don't you go back in and look one more time? But I've already looked. Well, just go back in one more time. I've got an idea. So he turned around, sighed, went back inside. And meanwhile, she hired a spiritual homework assistant to go with him to help him find a book on Joe Montana. And then she came in. And just a minute afterwards, well, there he is standing in the checkout line with an 11 by 14 hardcover book with Montana's face (laughs) on the word Montana across, all about Joe Montana. She said, this is amazing. This is amazing. This is perfect. How did you find this? He said, he took her to the side, mom, it's kind of spooky. I went to the sports section where I'd looked before, and I thought to myself, what if a book fell behind the shelves? So I stuck my head in, and I pulled out this book. Okay. (laughs) Wow. Fabulous. That's what's in my Hiring the Heavens book. Now let me tell you the ending of this. Okay. When he got to the checkout line, That book was not in the computer's system. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Oh, my word. That book was simply manifested for him. It sure did. Absolutely amazing. That is great. Yeah, what a great story. And why not? I mean, why not have miracles in your life? you know, years ago, back in the 90s, there was a show called It's a Miracle. I don't know if you remember this. with Richard Thomas. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. It was a great little show. And I happened upon it when I was just kind of scrolling through YouTube to find something kind of fun and inspirational to watch. And I happened on this series. And I'll tell you what, it's such a wonderful thing to watch. Most of the stuff on television today or even on Netflix or Hulu or whatever, it's crap. And it's very negative and it's very violent. But these particular vignettes of miracles are so wonderful to see. This is like hearing you tell a story, Jean. It's very exciting because it opens up possibilities. It can mm-hmm. happen, and it does happen. So I think we've lost sight of that in this culture. And we think it's got to be something, like you said, some amazing big deal before it can happen. It doesn't have to be that way. And you've really pointed that out in your book in a wonderful way, and certainly with us tonight, giving us all of these examples of things that can happen when you hire these kind of helpers. It's just very exciting. It's great. (laughs) Well, I I know we're coming close to our time here, so I do have a final thought, though, that I really want to impress upon people, and that is to immediately, without hesitation, put this to work. 
immediately. Don't think to yourself, all right, now i got to think of a really good thing to ask for. Hey, if you're organizing your closet, ask for a spiritual closet organizer to assist you. If you're trying to put on a great Thanksgiving party, hire a spiritual knock-your-socks-off best Thanksgiving party ever <laughs> specialist to work with you. Don't <laughs> hesitate. Don't wait till you think that you've got a good enough thing to ask for. Um, take your shoe, your spiritual shoe specialist to go shoe shopping with you or to find the best gift. Um, you know, hire a spiritual mechanic to keep your car running well. There's just no and just use your imagination, even if you've never heard of such a specialist. Go ahead and ask for them right away. Uh, you know, there, I've heard the funniest stories of specialists people have brought in that you go, what? Whatever made you think of that? But it worked. <laughs> it worked. So, you know, there's no way that you can get this wrong, and there's no one right way of doing it. Do whatever works for you. I often sing to my hires, um, you know, but I can be in a bad mood. This is the wonderful thing. Remember, there's nothing I can do to have it taken away from me. So sometimes I can be in a really bad mood, and I'll hire a spiritual pity party committee, and I'll bring <laughs> them together, and I'll let them have it, and I'll let them know all the things I'm just so upset about and so sad about. And they are nothing but like a warm hug around my shoulders going, oh, we feel you, we feel you. <laughs> you know, so it just you put this to use immediately because this is how you honor such a gift. If somebody mm -hmm. gives you a very, very precious gift and you <laughs> – say, oh, this is beautiful, it's so wonderful, I'm going to put it in the closet and never look at it. That's not honoring that gift. Exactly, exactly. So here's what I propose to everybody listening tonight, and also George, you and PK, let's put this into action, and then we can share our stories next week when we come back. Good idea. Yes. So, Jean, again, thanks so much for coming on the show with us tonight. It's been absolutely great. We just, I know I've loved every minute. How about you guys? Absolutely. Fabulous. Thank you, Jean. Fabulous. Yeah, it was great. Yes. You're so, so we'll welcome. be back next week, everybody, with another great show. And until then, we'll see you on the Blue Highway. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural Girl.